Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You cannot stop Well, you may have missed us last week uh, because... Look, to be honest, the NBL had a break, the NBA basically had a break, and I thought, what are we going to talk about? I can't just keep harping on about Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, which we will this episode, of course, but I thought we'll just have a little break. Hello at backchatbasketball.com. Uh, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au if you want to email us or uh, backchat underscore basketball Instagram. Uh, Ben's over in Melbourne. I'm in Perth. Ben, uh, how's, how's settling into the life of a Melbourneian? I think I'm, a, I'm a Melbourneian now. That feels weird to say out loud. And uh, you were over here last week as well. So we're just mm. migrating over one piece at a time, <laughs> yeah. aren't we? I think Greg, I don't know if you just saw, but Greg just messaged our group chat saying to the basketball court. So oh, there's, no, there's no Greg today. He's probably traveling. He's got out of his car, so that's progress. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm all set up in Melbourne and looking forward to your next visit when eventually you come back. For sure, for sure. Um, I So two weeks ago, so I guess we haven't had an episode for two weeks because two weeks ago we were all together. Um, Greg got in his car, recorded. His, his like internet just somehow tanked our entire recording and I couldn't download it, couldn't make it happen. So oh. I'm pointing the finger at you, Greg, but that's fine. So we've had sort of two weeks break, but that's fine. We'll just, you know. There's, there's, there's a lesson there for all the aspiring podcasters out there. Do not record a podcast on a dodgy hotspot in the back yes. of a car in, in the, the car. Uh, suburbs of Perth. That that's doesn't right. end well. That's okay. But you know what? As Jason Kidd says, I'm not the savior. <laughs> um, I'm just here to listen to podcasts and watch like the rest of y'all. So uh, let's, let's just start there. Um, the this Mavs. isn't even. I didn't have to say anything. I think no. I just need to reinforce. It's a safe space. I yeah. saw the end of the game this morning. Another tremendous uh, late game lack of execution from our Dallas Mavericks. So I think we need to put the shot clock up. Maybe give you two minutes. And yeah, uh, how okay. are the stress levels out there for the Mavs fans? Oh, I'm just so annoyed. So the Mavs are one and four. With is it one and four or one and five? Yeah, it's one it's and four. One and four with um, with Kyrie Irving. The thing is, the Dallas Mavericks don't look bad. Like haven't looked bad with Kyrie. It's not like oh, the team's so bad now with Kyrie. Like. They've looked really good at, at points. They just haven't been able to close out games. They gave up a 27-point lead to the Los Angeles Lakers, who are probably not going to be in the playoffs this season. Um, they they can't seem to execute when it matters. Luka Doncic. Now, I am a, I'm a stan, like an absolute Luka Doncic stan, but he has just annoyed. He's just annoying me now. He is like his perpetu- perpetual just desire to complain to referees, not be there on the defensive end. It's so frustrating. It's just so, so frustrating. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Look, I still think, like, the Mavs are still going to make the playoffs. I saw someone tweet out, like, the Mavs are going to miss the playoffs. It's not that, it's not that dire. Like, we, they will figure it out. They'll get a good little stretch of games, and they'll, they'll still be the top probably six. But what's the point if you're just going to get into the playoffs and get run out by the Grizzlies or something? 
Um, I think that's that's all I want to say because I don't want to complain. I don't want this to be a Mavericks podcast where I just complain constantly. But there are gaping holes and issues in that team. And Maxi Kleber came back today for the first time, and he's a really important part of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I, last thing I'm going to say is I was listening to another um, podcast, Tim Cato from The Athletic. Um, his podcast, 77 Minutes in, um, in Heaven. Uh, it's a it's a Mavs-based podcast. Him and Austin Guria, two good pals of mine, really love them. And, and Tim's going to come on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. They were talking about how Nerland's Noel might be the the answer. Like, <laughs> you know, and if we're at that point when no, when no. maybe we where we they they drop um, Frank um, and Frank bring the in Ner- Frank the Tank and bring in Nerland's like. We're in a bad spot. So that's well, all I'm going to say about Dallas Mavericks, unless you want to add something on there. Look, I don't want to rub too much salt into the wound, but a couple of things. If the answer to your question is New Orleans Noel, you're asking the wrong questions. Yeah. And again, the Mavs remind me of a childhood friend of mine, Matthew Savile. Shout out if you're listening. Now, what Matthew liked to do, he used to like to take all of his money every week, go down to the casino on a Friday night, put it all on the roulette wheel, and think yep. that it was going to come up trumps every time. And sometimes, I remember a night, he was $10,000 up, had the best night of his life. Brilliant. 90 minutes later, he had no money. He was going home. And that's what the Mavericks remind me of. They have put all their chips on the table, hoping against all the odds and all the evidence this is going to work. And sure, there's a slim chance that maybe this clicks in the playoffs. But I saw a tweet yesterday that I think I sent you. They're a bad defensive team with bad depth and bad coaching. And that is a team that wins a few playoff games at best and doesn't get out of the first round. And not to make things too dire, but there's a chance that they do miss the playoffs if Luca misses any time. So, fingers crossed that he does stay healthy. Uh, if you just hear a little cut in the podcast, and it's because my son just came in the room asking me when when a friend was coming over for a sleepover. The most <laughs> irrelevant information. Um, sorry, sorry, Ben, cut you there. But um, uh, yes, Kyrie Irving, yeah. Darius Mavericks. Yes, good times in Dallas. I was going to say, it's not uh, completely out of the odds that they do miss the playoffs if Luca misses any time. So that's enough time uh, trying to beat down your spirit and your soul at the start of the podcast. It would be good to get uh, Tim's insight when he comes on. But yeah, for the Mavs fans out there, prayers up that this can turn around, even though I don't think it's going to happen. The, the, the good thing is like Kyrie looks like a very good basketball player. It's not like Kyrie's like, oh man, he's causing issues. Like he's he's doing all the right things. Like he's playing well. And Luca and him are actually playing like pretty well together. It's not like Luca's stats are out of the window now. Like, so there are promising signs. It's just that we haven't figured out yet. All right, the Milwaukee Bucks on the other end are just jealous. They're just winning games. So, fifteen game win streak, um, and Giannis has been in the uh, media of recent saying to KD, "Mate, if you want to, uh, you want me to show you how to carry a team, you should come over here instead of chasing uh, rings with super teams." Which is a nice little drive by, if I'm honest. Um, what do you what are you thinking um, and, and seeing with the Bucks at the moment? Entering the year, I thought the Bucks were the team to beat, and that they're rounding into form here. That Giannis, a bit of a tangent here, but I keep hearing all this MVP talk about how Nikola Jokic is clearly the MVP, and it's not even a discussion. And I just sometimes question whether I'm watching the same sport as people because Jokic is amazing. Don't get me wrong; he is a tremendous top five player. But Giannis is the biggest, baddest man in the sport. He is a tremendous offensive player and a top five defender in the league. And again, this team in Milwaukee over the past month has taken shape around him. You've got Drew Holiday, who made the all-star team like he should have. Chris Middleton has finally come back. But again, Middleton's only playing 20 minutes a night for the past six weeks. So that's their second best player, a guy that scored 40 points in the Eastern Conference Finals game two years ago. He's essentially been a role player for the season. 
Joe Ingles has barely played. Brooke Lopez has been amazing, but is old and inconsistent. So it all comes back to Giannis. And they've won 15 games in a row, and they've barely broken sweat doing so. So, again, the Bucks, other teams to beat. Giannis should be winning MVP. I can't see any other reason why that wouldn't happen, bar the fact that the sport is becoming a bit too analytical and people are falling in love with stats a bit too much. And this winning streak is its getting to a point now where I checked the schedule this morning. Their next five games, they should win if they show up and try. Right. And if that happens, they'll be going into Golden State with a 20-game win streak and Steph Curry will be back and we're actually going to get a glimpse of a proper finals-level regular season game, which has been lacking all year. So the Bucks might have been the team to be all season. And over the past month, we've seen them round into form. And again, you mentioned Giannis. It's just unfair how funny and witty and calm and good he is at everything because – yep. Again, I sound a bit like a fanboy here, but he is your prototypical superstar on and off the court, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I, I do wonder, like, how tight him and uh, and KD are. Like, for him to say that on on television, and and that obviously is going to go crazy. Um, I wonder if he sent him a cheeky text afterwards, and he was said, "Look out for what I, you know, give." I, you I did actually yeah. watch the full clip this morning. It was a bit deceiving because he was on one of those talk show, daily show things, yes, and so right. the host scripted what he was going to say, and he's like, "Yanis, uh... look into the camera and say this." So go watch the full clip. It's even better because well, Giannis is yep. pretending to done. talk. He's pretending to talk smack, and then two seconds later, he just clicks and starts laughing. Goes, "Oh no, KD, KD, I love you, man. I'm just joking." Right, and very he's like good. humble manner. So it's uh, definitely good content out there. There you go. Like, I've been had by, by that by taking something out of context. There you go. Um, what's nice to see another team take a, a swing on a player that obviously hasn't been good for a little while is the Clippers. Now they, you know. Signed Russell Westbrook after he was was he bought out by um, by the Lakers or he was kicked out of uh, the Lakers team and traded to Utah and they wanted no part. Yeah, that's of him. right. So Utah yeah, Utah bought Utah. him out there, and so now they are zero and three with Russell Westbrook. Um, a lot of people talking about this is like a good piece though, a good fit for the Clippers. I, I don't know why the Mavs get absolutely destroyed for bringing Kyrie in, but then when Russ gets bro- like brought up, like this is a perfect spot for him. Yeah, well, it's funny not to go back over the Mavs too much, but I put in a little group chat, like, who is the bigger Trojan horse? Is it Corey Irving in Dallas or is it Russell Westbrook with the Clippers? Because the game on Saturday morning, Perth time with the Clippers and the Kings, I think is the best illustration of that. Amazing game. 350 points were scored. Crazy. Crazy scoring. And you look at the box score and you see Russ, he had 16 points, 14 assists, a bunch of rebounds. Like, I could never even touch that in a rec league game, let alone an NBA game. So you look at the box score and you think, oh, that's good. And then you watch the end of it. He's turning the ball over. He's losing Malik Monk at the end of overtime for a wide-open three when all you have to do is stand next to the guy. Yep. And in the matter of 60 minutes, the Clippers got the full Russell Westbrook experience because box score-wise, he's doing his thing, but they haven't won a game without him. And again, I don't know what went into them signing him. Paul George can be championing for that all they want, but if yep. I was Steve Barmer right now, I'd be walking into the locker room and I'd be cutting up Westbrook's contract and sending him home because there is no chance they are winning playoff games with him playing a big part. We've seen it for the last half decade. It was in OKC, in Houston, in LA, in Washington. The guy moves around more than I do going back from Perth to Melbourne. So the Clippers have got themselves into a bit of trouble here, and I personally can't see it working. It sounds like you're on the same train of thought. Yeah, definitely. I it just it's that thing where you just you've seen what he's done for the last little while and I, I like. I didn't think it was going to be good. Like maybe you know he's just a a bit of a scrapper and like changes his role, but he's never been able to change his role. Like they tried that in Houston, where he was going to, 
sort of take a step back a bit and and lean into like a certain role and just didn't really work out. So I I was just more surprised by the rhetoric by the rhetoric around and the commentary around going, yes, Russell, like this is actually the great situation for him for him. And maybe it will be. Like maybe, you know, there'll be an egg on my face and it's similar, like they just need some time to figure it out. But I, I given the history, like it's, it's I just don't see it happening. It's not gonna happen. People are friends in the media fall in love with him all the time. Again, yeah. someone like Kevin O'Connor at the ring has been tweeting out for years that if Russ changes his stripes and sets more screens and moves off the ball, he'll be a great role player. But he's never gonna do that. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got my friend Kendrick Perkins, who I love Perk. He's great banter, great entertainment. But he goes on first take and says, the Clippers have a big three. The Lakers have a big three. No, they don't. They've got two superstars yep. and someone that's about 12 months away from joining Dwight Howard in Taiwan or the Philippines playing in some offshoot league. Because yep. if this goes bad in the Clippers uniform, which I basically just said it will, then I can't see another serious team signing Westbrook. It's going to be a team like Charlotte or Washington or yeah, like a mid-level maybe, or something. Like maybe the Mavs to... in two years once oh, Lucas gosh. traded. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. We've you know finally got our guy nine years too late. Uh, maybe maybe Westbrook will be alongside Dwight jacking up threes in the three-point competition. Yeah. I saw. I watched about fourteen seconds of it. He hit. No, maybe thirty seconds. I think he hit two threes, and I couldn't. I actually had to stop watching the video. It was brutal. It I was think just... I watched more of that than I did the NBA All Star Weekend. That's what That's they true. should do for All Star: get the Giants out there, get uh, yeah. Dwight Howard back. He's, he's a god in the Philippines. It's quite funny seeing him dwarf over all these minnows in the Philippines. It's a uh, quite. That's the right. Yeah, that, that's a good. That's maybe they should lean into the NBA. I mean, it's already got, it's obviously got so many problems. NBA All Star Weekend. Maybe they just lean into trolling everyone, and they just put everyone in the wrong spot, and they put like well, you know all the shows trolling everyone at the moment. What that's they true. Up two weeks ago. That's, that's right. All right. Tomorrow morning, um, this will come out Wednesday afternoon. So tomorrow morning, uh, Perth time, midday Melbourne time. KD makes his debut for the Suns, which is huge. That's like. The Suns are, are a good side already. Now they add KD. Does this just put them into Western Conference title? Like, is it just a lock now? It's just a health question, isn't it? Because if Durant is playing on that team and they're fit and healthy, then for mine, they're the best team in the West and should be making the finals. Even it was quite illustrative on Monday morning, I think, Perth time, that the Suns went into Milwaukee and it wasn't a full-strength buck side, but they played without Kevin Durant and Devin Booker played a good game. Chris Paul was doing his thing. Yeah, But again, you can see that they're missing that number one alpha superstar mm. player to bring them all home. And you look at this Phoenix team on paper, Devin Booker was made to be a number two scorer on a championship side. I think that's his ultimate destiny. Chris Paul still has enough left. I equate him to your friend Jason Kidd in 2011 yeah. with the Mavs that he's Definitely. seen his best days, but there's enough there. They've got Aiton inside, they've got a good coach, and Durant is still an MVP caliber player. So it's just a case of whether he stays fit. And again, just checking the standings this afternoon, the best thing that came into my head was looking at the standings. Phoenix was in fourth and Golden State was in fifth. And it just made me yep. think, imagine if we can get to the postseason and Durant and Curry are fit and healthy and we get that bloodbath in the first round. Phoenix, Durant going into Golden State with Steph Curry. Yes. I didn't realize logically that that was going to happen or could happen until this afternoon. But now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. And I just want the basketball guys to deliver that to us because I think yes. that would be a first-round series as good as anything we could see throughout the playoffs. Definitely, and, and it would mean that the Mavs wouldn't have to face, you know, maybe two of them if they if they follow, get in that run. So if they could knock each other out or one of them get knocked the other out, then that's good for the other West teams that don't really have a, uh, yeah. a chance at the moment. Um, staying in the West, uh, Dame, Dollar, 
absolute beast. 71 points. Um, how many threes did he hit? Like 18 13, threes or something? 13 or 14. I think it was 13 yeah, threes. 13. Just absolute ridiculous behavior. Dame um, Lillard hitting 71 points. Um, I really just... When, team, when players get to that... Um, I mean, how many did he have in the first half? It was it was ridiculous. 44, I think. Yeah, when teams like when they get a sniff of that, surely they just go to they go to feed and try to get the hundred. Like I saw, I think it was maybe it was Kevin O'Connor said like in the next two to three years, someone will score a hundred points in a game, and it's it's gonna happen. Like it, th- there's that many players now that are hitting like 50, 60, 60, 60. Like it's not like a huge jump to think that it's a guy could get hot because it's really just that last quarter, right? If they can, if they can get hot, if they get 60 in the first three quarters, why wouldn't you just go every single shot is going for that guy to get in the hunch or, or, or beat like the Kobe um, 81? Yeah, I think the hunch is happening over the next five years as well. And a few things with Dame yesterday, I was reading a stat online this afternoon that he made all of his jump shots combined. He hit distance-wise over 140 metres worth of jump shots. Great, I love Which that. is just incredible. Think about how big a basketball court is. And he is amazing, and I agree. The way the three-point shot can... Like you said, he was jacking up like circus shots for the last quarter, and it's so easy to go from 50 up to 80 in the space of six minutes. Yep. But again, not to pour cold water over this, but the Houston Rockets are one of the worst NBA teams mm. I think I've ever seen. I think I messaged Greg Hyatt. It's a shame he's not here. I think Greg could go for 30 against the Rockets' defense at the <laughs> yeah. moment. He's so again, in his current KFC eating state. He could. He's probably in his car right now eating KFC. So he's getting <laughs> ready for a game. He could walk out against this Rockets' defense. They just don't try, and they're clearly in the tank. And the season needs to come to an end very quickly for them in Houston. So again, awesome to Dame. I think the 100-point game is a good call. It's inevitable one day that someone's just going to take 53s. And again, I would love to see, honestly, someone like Luka Doncic, we kept talking about this, or Steph Curry, or Kevin Durant of his back, or Devin Booker, just try to take 33-point shots against this Houston team down the back end of the season. Because you're talking about an easy 70 points for just taking jump shots against one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Definitely. Every superstar right now should be circling the Houston Rockets on the calendar and going, I'm going to break the scoring record in this in this game. Like what you're going to win. There's no you can't lose to the Houston Rockets at the moment. So why not at least just do something with yeah. it? The Feed- Rockets don't want to win anyway. They're happy with the loss if they can get their no. lottery balls. Exactly, for sure. Um uh, I want to talk some NBL soon, but we might just get one more um, bit of NBA um, news. Uh, the Sixers and the Celtics. Very um, so the Celtics look inc- like I'm so jealous of the Boston Celtics. I just I love their team. Um, their the the makeup of their team, the players on there. I'm just I, I'm a fanboy of all of them. Marcus Smart. I mean, people don't like him. Jason Tatum is amazing. Jalen Brown. Like they're just such a just a good team full of people. Um, uh, so, but the 76ers, on the other hand, they've got all these all these players, and after that Celtics game, they didn't look as maybe good as they could be on paper. No, the Sixers, again, a bit of context. It's been four years since I came back from Philadelphia, and again, I left Philly in 2019, having spent a year there thinking this team's on the upswing. They just got bounced in Toronto in the second round. That they're going to at least, yeah, four bounces. They're at least going to make a conference finals and push through and do something. And you just look at the last six years in Philly, since Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid got together, they haven't got out of the second round. And the game on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, our time, is a game I've seen 15 times over the past six years that the six have played really well. Embiid was dominating. They got a massive lead, 15 points in the third quarter against the Celtics. And the same things have happened for the past decade, keep happening. They yep. were turning the ball over. They were giving up too many open threes. They were lacking composure. 
the rotations from Doc Rivers, just he was playing all five bench guys against the best team in the league, just not stuff that people and teams at elite level should be doing. And that led up to the final sequence where Tatum now is a tremendous three. That's a great shot. One of his best skills is being able to jack up that three ball and separate and really show yeah. off that shot-making skill. And then what does Embiid do? Embiid, with a second left, launches this shot up that goes in from three-quarter court, but it's still in his fingertips as the bell rings. And you can see that he was a split second away from making what would have been one of the best shots of the decade, if not yeah. clearly our time following the sport. Yep. But it doesn't count because the ball's still in his hand. And I actually felt bad for the guy because after the game, he was talking about how that is the story of his life, that he's always a second late or finishing second, and he's finished second in MVP twice in a row now. He's probably going to finish top three in MVP again this year, but not win it. The Sixers have been bounced from the second round four of the last five years. And again, I don't think Philly's time with Joel Embiid is going to go much longer if they can't get out of the second round this year. So the Sixers have a great team on paper. Heck, they might even be the third best team in the league, but unfortunately for them, they're not in the same class as Boston and Milwaukee. And it's going to lead to another disappointing playoff fade out, I suspect. And there's going to be a lot of noise in the offseason about where Embiid goes next. Maybe over to the Mavs, um, just to partner up with another superstar that's disappointed uh, in, in Luca if they can't do anything about this. Uh, all right, let's go to the NBL. So it's it's it. We're here. We're at the, the final part of the season. We're at the grand final series. The Sydney Kings will take on the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, first thing I want to start off with about the NBL and this uh, grand final series is that I am absolutely not about the Sydney Kings brass, so that's their head media, whatever it is, the the CEO, the GM, the players. What's this whole, like, everyone hates us, um, keep on hating on us, like, keep sleeping on us. No one, it's like they're all just generating their own sort of hate towards the team just to try and prove haters wrong. I've seen like, and and albeit like the Perth Wildcats fans hate the Sydney Kings. So there is definitely noise out of like, you know, West Australians, I'd say generally not wanting the Sydney Kings to succeed. But this, this, they've tried to run this whole PR campaign or this whole shtick where everyone's out to get us and everyone hates us and the Sydney Kings, no one ever wants us to succeed. It's like, what is that? Like, I, I understand why they're doing it, but it's just, you're better than that. You're in the grand final. Just win the grand final series and then talk. This whole season for the Sydney Kings has been so much chatter, and, and it's surprising because they're so dominant. Like, they've lost, what, eight games in the season, two of them to the Perth Wildcats. So they only, and like, they, the last game, I don't think they really care too much about. They, they've just talked all season. That's my rant. I just, I, I don't understand why you're talking so much. So I don't think I get as worked up about this as you because I think they're Jedi mind tricking us because again, these are smart people that are either completely a little bit too delusional or they know what they're doing and they're generating the discourse. What do you think? Do you think that they believe this or do you think they're trying to drum up interest? No, for- they're dr- that, that's the thing. They don't genuinely believe it. They're just drumming up. They're trying to drum up this discourse that everyone's against them so they can prove everyone wrong. You ha- you're proving everyone you're, you're proving who you are, like just by winning, by being the top team in the league, by only losing eight times, by being in the grand finals. You don't need to be getting on every media opportunity that you can and trying to drum up this discourse that everyone's against you. 
So this feels like a blueprint out of the uh, Corey Homicide Williams playbook that yeah. they're just uh, drumming up a lot of interest. So again, I think this makes the grand final series even better though, because if they win, they're going to become like the New York Yankees, right? The team that everyone loves to hate. They've won two in a row. They've got the momentum, all of that. But if they lose, and I suspect that uh, you're firmly in the camp of hoping the Breakers win this series, the backlash is going to be quite fun to reveal, I think, and uh, live through. Yes. So are you on the Breakers bandwagon for the series ahead? I want the Breakers to win because of um, it's nice having not the same team win every year. It, but I also want them to win because of what they've gone through over the last couple of seasons, like all the sacrifice that they've had to make. And and they weren't a good team. Um, like this season, they've been obviously very good, but it's not like they've been on, you know, winning um, playoff series for the last couple of seasons and they're finally through into the grand final. Like they haven't been great. And it's just cool to see um, a, a team, a different team, especially after all they've gone through. So I hope the break, I just hope, the main thing I hope it goes to five games. Like if it goes to five games, I could not care less who wins because I don't really like either franchise particularly. I'm not I'm not going for one. I just want it to be close. And I, I suspect it probably won't be. I think the Kings will just probably sweep through pretty easy. That's why I don't understand the Kings like PR campaign that they've gone on. Yeah, I, I suspect that you're probably right. Last year's grand final series was a dud, wasn't it? That Tasmania were great to be there. Obviously, an amazing yeah. story, but they no, did they're not, too soon. And they shouldn't have beaten Melbourne in that semi final. Chris Goulding missed the last game, and they snuck through and good on them. But that wasn't a fair fight. The thing I hope is that New Zealand goes over and wins game one tomorrow because I suspect you're right. I think if Sydney win game one tomorrow, then they could easily go over, steal that game on Sunday in New Zealand, and then we're talking about another sweep. And on our podcast that didn't exist a couple of weeks ago. I said that I didn't think the Kings were going to lose a game in the postseason. So Cairns proved me wrong and Cairns gave them a pretty good series, really, that was very yeah, close. And it actually was, yeah. Considering the Taipans were missing a lot of decent quality rotation depth, they did very well. But I kind of get the feeling Sydney has been playing with their food all year. They haven't really been giving it their full attention. Probably leads into what you're saying, that they've been focused on just getting to this point. That I suspect the hammer is about to get dropped, but... Again, I think I share your optimism that I'm wrong and hopefully New Zealand goes in tomorrow, wins the game, and then we can get a long series to cap off what's been a really good year. Yeah, it's been that's the thing. It's been a good competitive season. Like the Sydney Kings have dominated, but the like you'd you'd put them at like level one and then level two, there's probably been four teams and like at times it's fluctuated where um it's it's sort of it's a bit like um, in the F1, you know, you got your mid tier and you got your bottom and the top. Like Sydney Sydney and um and Cairns at times were in that top one. But I don't know. It's been a really good competitive season and the Sydney Kings have obviously been the best team and, and they deserve to be where they are. I I just, yeah, I, again, I don't understand this whole everyone's out, everyone hates us. Like there, there genuinely would be people that don't like the Sydney Kings. But, mate, they've won, they won last year. But before that, they weren't like this dominant franchise that everyone's sick of of dominating. Like the last time that they were... Um, they obviously the Wildcats beat them in that series when they didn't want to come to Perth to play a game. Um, so they have been around about it, but it's not like I understand why a lot of team, why a lot of Australia doesn't like the Perth Wildcats because um, oh, Trevor Gleason's quite outspoken and they won. You know how many championships do they win? Five in in seven years or something crazy like that's when you like that's when I understand everyone just doesn't want us to win. But, it's been quite yeah. interesting the past few weeks being in Melbourne and talking to people and just meeting up with people I haven't seen for a while, whether it's basketball fans or people that work in the industry. It's been quite revealing getting out of the Perth bubble yeah. in terms of what people perceive the Wildcats to be because back home, where you are, say home like I'm travelling around the world, but back in <laughs> Perth, the Wildcats are a big deal like we know and their fan base is very loud 
objectively can be quite annoying. So it's almost like Sydney are trying to replicate the Perth blueprint, I think. They've got a big market, a big fan base that I could honestly, as much as this is a bit annoying from the Kings, I could see the current Wildcats brass and Hutch doing the exact same thing in a couple of years if and when the Wildcats get good. I think it's just a case of trying to drum up interest with a fan base that, let's be real in Sydney, hasn't been that lull over the past couple of years. And maybe yeah. it's just as simple as that. They want to put bums on seats with Friday's game and get a full packed out crowd in there. And again, who knows? I think maybe they draw a crowd. They did well last year. But historically, when Sydney teams win, they get the short boost of getting the crowds in and people pay attention. But yeah. Sydney, like Melbourne, they've got more things to do than sit at the basketball game every night. And maybe that's what they're trying to do is just drum up some interest and keep the eyeballs on locally. For sure. If, if they are trying to drum up this whole, like, it's us against them and, like, us as Sydney people, we need to band together because the rest of Australia hates us. Like, I absolutely get that because they want to they, they want to um, make – not make. They want to earn new fans because Sydney, New South Wales, obviously a massive uh, rugby market. Um, like, people absolutely love it. It's like West Coast um, – on the West Coast here with fans of – Frio and, and West Coast Eagles, they absolutely love their team. And that's why, I mean, the Wildcats, it's its quite a success story given the amount of passion and people that people have for football over here. In New South Wales, it's a whole other thing, like with rugby. Like they are absolutely just, they love it. So it would be like the Sydney Kings have always been like third or fourth rung down the ladder in terms of, you know, um, or even further, because there's multiple teams in New South Wales, so they're having to battle that. And I, and I, so I, I understand it a little bit, but it's just annoying. It's I, I look on Twitter and Paul Smith, like I, I really like him because I think he does a very good job at, at creating discussion and discourse around the team and the league. I think he he sort of sort of um, flies by the seat of his pants a little bit and just and just tweet stuff. I, I like it. I like the the. Um, sort of the character around that because you know when the wildcats when i was working at the wildcats uh you were not allowed to um say anything on twitter like you could not like there wasn't a rule where you're not allowed to tweet but like you couldn't go out and go like as a person on the media team i couldn't go like screw the the sydney kings like you know let's let's beat them like i the troy georgia the ceo at the time would have pulled me in his office and be like tweet again and you've lost and you're out like so it's interesting to see some of the sydney brass and how they've um they've gone about it yeah it's just more enjoyable isn't it the wildcats are right run like a militaristic almost like the gestapo sometimes that not a lot is allowed to get set out and obviously that was a old regime and people have changed and hopefully that changes in perth because again you're right it's good having people like paul i will admit i'm a massive paul smith fan you speak Mm. to the guy and he's just got no filter which i think is good for people that do what we're trying to do and for people that are going to enjoy the discourse around the game, and it's almost like the ESPN first take principle, right, that it doesn't matter whether people like what you're saying or hate you. As yep. long as they're thinking about you, then you're doing your job right. And exactly. Paul definitely falls into that bucket, I think. For sure. Um, we've got a question here that someone sent through backchat underscore basketball on Instagram. Uh, it's from Saxon Sourness, who's a, a regular contributor over at Backchat the podcast. Um, it says, hey, lads, with the NBA All-Star game being such a significant marker of the NBA season, what would your thoughts on an NBL All-Star game slash weekend be? Um, for the game, wondering whether the best style would be Aussies v Imports, um, North v South, or just the best 22 in a player pool. Um, let's 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 get your thoughts on that. Um, I know the NBA have flirted with a, a, an All Star Weekend in the past. Um, do you think there's enough interest in it over here for us to do something like that? 
I think they should do it again. They probably will. The NBL normally is a decade behind following trends in the NBA. They're a bit later in this one. I think, again, I rag on NBA All-Star Weekend a lot. I've been lucky enough to go to a couple. The good part about All-Star Weekend in the NBA is that it's a place for the whole industry to converge on. And importantly, it's a place for sponsors and owners and TV executives and agents and players and scouts to all get into the same area and network and a lot of business deals get done on and off the court at All-Star Weekend. So it's less about the actual on-court product and more about what it means for the industry. And that's why I think the NBL should do it. And they should do what we're seeing other leagues like the netball and the AFL do with their grand final in Perth. They should sell it around the country. Like McGowan would pay $2 million, I'm sure, or pick a number to bring yeah, that to yeah. Perth. So I think revenue-wise, it's a great idea. It's going to draw some level of interest. And while the NBA All-Star Weekend is outdated because the players just don't care, well, let's be real. The NBA players, NBL players, sorry, are making a few hundred thousand dollars. They're not making $50 million. Yeah. So there's more incentive for them to build a brand and show up and yes. in terms of format, it's an easy one. Do Australia versus the rest of the world. We know how frustratingly patriotic Australian fans are and yep. players can be. It seems like an easy win to have. Imagine five years ago, Damian Martin defending Bryce Cotton at the end of an all-star game yeah, in front of a packed-out arena. Like, it's a no-brainer. They should do yep. this and do it quickly. Okay. All right. Well, um, Larry, if you're listening, probably not. Um, maybe uh, maybe we'll see. I, I agree. I think we'll see it in the next little while. Um it makes sense just to yeah build the brand of the NBL. They are constantly competing against, like we were saying before, other leagues, the NRL, the AFL. So they've got to do things that are going to be slightly different to, you know, to win fans over. Because if you're just doing rec games, like people go to games because they like watching basketball, but maybe you could entice someone with an all-star thing um, to, to get new fans. And like we've spoken before about like the Perth Wildcats having and Melbourne United open air game, pick a day in the year, make it every Australia day. Or every yep. Valentine's Day, or every New Year's Eve, like pick a day that works, yeah, and build an event out of it. Do it in an open air arena. Do it on a court down by Elizabeth Key, for mm. example. Like really mix it up, but make it a tourist destination. I know it's not the same sky, but like the UFC event that you guys covered a few weeks ago in Perth, that was yep. an event where people that loosely care about the sport are going to travel over, spend money, buy merchandise, bring their kids to. Yeah, it's just an easy way to generate revenue and not actually that much work because. Again, you can get a sponsor and pay the players $50,000 each for showing up. Yeah. That actually goes a long way when you're making a couple hundred grand a year. If someone offers you a bonus of three months worth of pay, you're going to hop sure. on a plane and play in a scratch match mm. and make the money. So the scale isn't the same as the NBA, which actually makes it easier to pull off. And one last thing, again, you'd get like someone like Andrew Bogut out or Steph Curry when he retires out for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's lots of synergies and it could work really well. Well, there we go. We're just solving problems over here on the Backchat Basketball Show. Uh, we will be back again next week. There will probably be two games or, or three maybe, if I'm getting my scheduling right, that we could talk about. Um, maybe the series will be over by the time we record next Wednesday. Uh, there'll be two. I think game be, three is Friday week. There'll be, there'll be two. That's right. So we might have a, a, a team on the on the precipice of a championship or we nice may word. have a nice yeah or we might have a, a nice one all series to talk about uh, we'll get greg on for that one i'll make sure we can pick a time that he can jump in on uh hello at backchatpodcast.com.au if you want to send us an email or backchat underscore basketball instagram uh sending questions are great like i, I love that saxon thank you for sending that in um ben i'll chat to you next week yes and anyone out there if you find greg in his car send us a photo let's try to track him down for next week That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.